what's one of the most common questions I get asked as a dog trainer? Where do I start? It makes sense, right? Whether you're working with a brand new puppy, a rehome dog, or perhaps you're just starting to train your adult dog for the first time, everyone wants to know where to start, what to focus on, how to begin. So we're going to talk about that in the very, very first episode of Letters from Your Dog today, talking about how to get started without getting overwhelmed. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Letters from Your Dog. I'm really, really excited to be here with you guys. This is something I've been meaning to do for quite a while, so I'm glad we're finally getting there. And to kick things off today, we're going to talk about something which is a question I'm asked probably every single day by puppy owners or new rescue dog owners or rehome dog owners, anyone who owns a dog basically. And that question is, where do I start? (laughs) So the thing with dog training is that there can often feel like there's so many things to work on. I want to work on my dog's ability to listen. I want to work on them not jumping up at my children. I want to work on them greeting other dogs nicely in the park. Recall, loose lead walking, resource guarding, not biting, not nipping, not grabbing the food too quickly, you name it. <laughs> we want to work on it. And the thing is with dog training, the thing that's really cool actually is that the more you do, the more you want to do. And when you start to see results, it propels us forward, it gives us motivation, and it makes us want to carry on. The problem comes when we try and do too much all at once, we become overwhelmed, and that's when you don't see so many results. And that's unfortunately where positive dog training can get a bit of a bad name, because people say, oh well, all I'm doing is giving him treats and it's not really working. And we're going to get into that a little bit more in this podcast, because that's not how I see things at all. (laughs) But just in terms of thinking about it, from your dog's perspective, if they're having everything but the kitchen sink thrown at them, we're going to be training this and this and this and this, it can become overwhelming for them, and it can become overwhelming for you too. So what I want you to think about when it comes to where do I even start? I've got 50 things I want to work on. (laughs) I want you to just pick three, three things for the next two weeks that you're going to focus on with your dog. Take those three things and one at a time, I want you to break them up into three and then three again. So let me give you an example. Let's say your dog is pulling like crazy on lead. Let's break that into three things they might need some help with. So they're probably going to need to increase their focus, right? They're not very focused on you when they're on the lead. In fact, you might not even exist to your dog (laughs) as soon as you're out there in the environment. Maybe they also need to work on impulse control because as soon as that squirrel darts past or that cat jumps up on the wall outside the house, game over. And the third thing, maybe they need a little bit of help with understanding that being close to your body is where the rewards come. So actually, there might be lots of rewarding things out up ahead or behind you, but if they come nice and close next to your leg, that's where the fun is. That's what we need to teach them. So we've got focus, number one, 
Impulse control around distractions, number two, and learning that being close is the winner, number three. So again, we're going to take those three things and we're going to break them down again. And you might be able to break them into three again, you might not, but just see how you get on. So let's look at focus to begin with. So how can you break down focus? What are three training games you could do to help your dog to feel more focused out on their walk? Maybe you would teach them to look into your eyes. Now, by no means are you going to march along expecting your dog to stare in your eyes for 20 minutes. But just here and then, getting them to look up at you. I say, watch me. My dogs will look eye contact and then they might get a reward for that food or a toy or whatever it might be. So that's quite a nice one. I like to use a hand touch as well. So teaching my dog to boop my hand with their nose <laughs> when we're having a walk is a really nice way as well of getting them nice and close and focused. And the third one might be um, a game I call Cabbages. So this is a game, um, if you've been in my uh, programs or in my Facebook group, you'll be familiar with this one. It's a really fun game. The way you teach it is you have a handful of food in your uh, pocket or your hand, and you're just going to walk up and down, and you're randomly going to go, Cabbages! And when that happens, a piece of food is going to fly from the air down onto the ground, and your dog's going to be able to eat it. So very quickly, your dog's going to get the hang of the idea that the word cabbages means magic food appears. And so you can start to incorporate that on your walk for a little bit of focus. You might sound a bit strange, but don't worry, it's all good. And the advantage of using a silly word like cabbages is that not many people are going to be using that, hopefully, or shouting that in the street. So your dog shouldn't be distracted by too many people around them as well. So that's an example of how you'd split that focus into three training games that you might want to play with your dog. Our second one was thinking about impulse control. So, so often we want to train in the moment. The cat's there and we're like, uh, let's say, bingo, bingo, come here, come here to our dog. And the dog's like, no, I'm looking at that cat. Can you think about how you can work on some impulse control games inside your house first? So you might do impulse control with food. Let's say you're going to drop some food on the floor and wait and get your dog to wait to be released to it maybe. Um, let's say the next level of that is not asking for a wait or a leave or a stay but seeing if they can do it on their own. <laughs> and the third one might be let's say popping your dog on their bed and then racing past with a nice fluffy toy and dragging it along the ground can they hold themselves there or are they going to just break off and chase that toy so there's three simple impulse control games you can have a look at there as well you get the idea so just think about how you can start to break things down into three thinking about closeness how am I going to teach that so my favorite 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 way to start training loose lead walking is a super glue dog game. So what I mean by that is, again, you're just going to take a handful of your dog's food allowance. It could be some of their breakfast. It could be some treats. And you're going to walk through your house. You might call your dog over at first. As soon as they're in that area next to your leg where you'd like them to be walking nicely on lead, you're going to say, yeah, clever dog. And they're going to get a bit of their food. You could use a clicker if you wanted to, or you could just say, yes. You're going to do that. You're going to walk a few more steps. Yes, yes. So every single time they're coming close to you, they're getting rewarded for doing that. What's your dog going to learn? Oh, actually, being close to mum or dad is a pretty good deal for me. I could, uh, could do that a bit more often. <laughs> so that might be your first step. Your second step might be 
that every time your dog checks in with you in the house, you pull a secret toy out of your pocket and have a wonderful game with them. So they're like, oh, every time I come uh, come in close to mum or dad, I get this toy game. This is fantastic. And your third one might be a very, very simple one that you can play when your dog's off lead. So say they're playing with their friends in the park, you recall them back to you. Instead of throwing a treat in the air or throwing a ball for them to catch, which is actually throwing the reward away from you, I get my dog to come in really close to get that food reward. So the reward is only delivered in that place where I'd like them to be when they're walking nicely. So you can see how it works. You look at the broad difficulty, my dog's pulling on the lead. You break that down into smaller sections. They're not very focused. They're a bit distracted, lacking impulse control. And they don't really know how to stay close to me. And then you break that down even further. So we're just thinking about how we can make it into bite-sized little chunks. And those bite-sized chunks are easy. You could play a couple of those games every single day, or even more if you wanted to. But if you look at that big overall scary problem, it's like, oh my gosh, my dog has pulled on the lead forever. They're a nightmare. I'm never going to get them out of it. It feels like a lot and it feels overwhelming. You're just trying to do all of the things. Break it down, make it easy, focus just on loose lead walking and just on those training games for a couple of weeks and start to see some success. All right, I hope that was helpful, you guys. We've got lots of really fun episodes coming up soon. So do subscribe, come and listen to us again, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Take care.